0: Hello, dear friends, it's Carly, and welcome back to another episode of the I Learned podcast. This realization that I am not a robot. I'm going to do my best to tell you what this means to me, but long story short, it feels like A ton of bricks that I didn't even realize I had on my shoulders crushing me aren't there anymore. Like I can breathe easier. I'm not a robot. I'm not. I'm not a robot. I'm a human being. (laughs) Like (laughs) this feels like grace and freedom and liberation and. I am so grateful to even be able to see the beauty in, I am not a robot. I'm a human being to accept that, that I'm a human being, because I think what that ultimately means is that I'm a human being and I have needs, you know, robots, they, I mean, technically it's not perfect analogy, they have, they have needs too, possibly. But there it's a machine, right? Like it's it's a machine and it performs the same a thousand times in a row, period. Like that's a machine. A human doesn't. A human has varying levels of energy, strength, stamina, resilience based on so many different factors. Um, so many different factors like how well connected are we socially. How fulfilled are we in our work? How well do we sleep at night? How rested are we really? These things play a role in what you're able to accomplish in a day. And when, I'm not even going to say if I experience, when. I'm experiencing disruptions to my sleep or, you know, my stomach isn't feeling good or I have something messed up in my back or like there's something funky in the system. Like there's something pushing me off of balance in my overall health. And in that I'm no longer able to perform at my quote unquote, like normal capacity so, like, being a human being means that you have needs, and that if those needs are not being met, that if you're not putting in the right inputs, then outputs aren't reliable. Like, showing up to work five days a week for a full time job. Like, I mean, I very specifically, when I did have a full time job before, like, I would use my sick days. I was very fortunate to have paid sick days and I would use them basically exclusively as introvert days. Like I, I don't need time off to be sick and puking. I need time off away from people because I cannot stand the thought of having to use my voice today. Like, that just sounds like the most disgusting thing I could ever think about doing. I don't want to talk. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to listen to them. I don't want to talk. I don't like, I would just get into this place of like being so desperately deprived of my own solitary time because I was working a full time job and like, you know, possibly doing stuff on the weekends and like, then I would need to take a sick day to be basically like a mental illness day. Like I am so sick of being around people that I'm ill and I need a day to just be by myself so I can recover. And yeah, usually the next day I can go and I'm fine. Like a day away is, is good. That can go a long ways. Um, but all of this to say, like, you know, being able to accept that I'm a human and I have needs, like, I'm almost 35 years old. And like, why was this such a mystery to me? (laughs) Has anybody else asked themselves this question? Like, wait, she's saying she didn't know she was a human and she's been a human for three and a half decades. Like what the, what, what happened? Um, Yeah. What happened? That's, that's really the question. And this realization of I'm not a robot, it came on the heels of, I'm not even going to say it's a suppressed memory because I see this memory, I'm not going to say often, but like multiple times a year, I loop around this memory and this thought and this pain. Um, And I'm going to tell this story for the last time. And I'm going to move forward because I'm not a robot. And the reason that I used to believe wholeheartedly that I am a robot, I'm a robot. I don't have feelings. Like that's really what I thought about myself. I used to have feelings and they got hurt so bad that I shut them off. And that is where I just started being a robot and like performing evenly all the time, no matter what, like basically shoving my emotions, my personal experience, bottling it up, not letting it come to the surface at all. So I didn't even know it was happening. Like in my mid twenties, I hardcore thought I'm a robot. And then my company sent me to this like leadership development training that Included a session on emotional intelligence, and they had us take an emotional uh, intelligence assessment. And we're going to give us the results of that assessment and kind of walk us through it as part of the session that we were going to. And when they handed those back, I was almost about to be physically sick. I was like looking for places that I could throw up when it happened because like spotting trash cans and like counting steps, like which one of these is closer. So I don't accidentally throw up on my desk because I'm so freaking terrified that this is it. This is when everybody's going to find out that I'm a robot. This is it. This is going to be when they all find out. And I was just sick that they were going to find out. And I knew that they were going to find out because I was going to get like a 10%. Like I was going to be like some like laughing stock lowest score the instructor had ever seen. Kind of like, is she human? Is she a robot? Does she not understand? Like what happened here? Like they were going to figure it out. They were going to like out me as the robot that I was. And they handed out all the papers alphabetically by last name. So of course I'm like last... And I got the highest score in the class and that was life-changing. And that was, like I said, when I was like 25, 26, 26, I think. Um, And again, I'm almost 35. So like, what? Like, why is it still, still for eight or nine more years, I still, now it's at least a question. Like, you know, for the last nine years, it's been kind of this inner debate in my head of like, maybe I'm a robot. Maybe I'm a human. Maybe I'm some kind of like android human, got together and made a baby. And I'm some kind of like hybrid creature. Maybe that's what's going on here. Like, who knows? Who knows what's real? And this morning, the jury came back. I'm not a robot. I'm a human I am a human. I know this for certain. And so this feels like such a big deal. So I appreciate it if you're out there laughing at me, like, wow, this took her a while. Like she's not quite as smart as I thought she was. Cool. I think that's great. Because yeah, like sometimes an answer takes a really long time to process, okay? And I wanna go back to that moment in time that 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 old memory that A few times a year for pretty much my whole life. I circle around this memory and this pain and this event that happened in my childhood. And this will be the last time I tell this story. And I'm just like really savoring that because that feels really good that this is like a moment of healing to completion on something that I was in fifth grade. I know that. How old are fifth graders? I was young for my class. So I think I was like maybe nine, um, nine or 10 ish. And me and my fifth grade teacher, I I need to look at what my transits were in fifth grade because holy shit, she really, she messed with me on a lot of levels. And it was so, it was also the origin of, the bad grade that I got while I had been sick. That was the example that happened. Um, And up until that point, I had been mommy's good girl. And like, I was straight A's across the board, never gotten anything that's not an A um, on any report card for any subject. And now I'm in fifth grade. Um, And I got sick for like, I think I missed like maybe three weeks of school. I don't remember what... I was sick with or how I would have been sick for that long, like I have no memory of the illness itself, all that I have burned in my brain is those three weeks were while we were reading The Wizard of Oz, which at the time was like the thickest book I had ever read in my entire life. And I had a little bit of anxiety around that, that like, this is big and oh my gosh, like, so important to stay caught up and like this is like the level of stress and anxiety that i had in 5th grade as far as like taking my homework and my assignments this seriously that in that heightened stress around how how big of an undertaking this would be to stay caught up in the wizard of oz i got myself sick for like three weeks. And I missed like half the book and I come back and they're like ahead, like 180 pages and I have to get caught up. And my teacher, my fifth grade teacher, she gave me zeros on all the assignments that were the ones that I missed along the way that like I hadn't, done because I'm like in bed sick for weeks. And all of that happened and I come back to school and it's like right at the time when like your quarterly report card comes out or whatever. And so I get my report card and I can't remember if it was a D. I'm pretty I'm like 90% sure it was a D. I don't think it was an F, but it was a D. And I I personally had like an attack. I remember, like the I just like was so angry at myself. And that night, I took it home and I showed my mom. We were in the kitchen again. This is like burned in my memory. We were in the kitchen. It's dark outside. The mom and I are standing across from each other, and my three brothers are all sitting at the bar, like facing us. And I gave it to her and. She sees it and she, like, I can, I have the language now that like it triggered her. Um, and she got so mad at me and I just remember her like angrily holding the report card and using it as a teaching moment to tell my brothers, like, this is what we don't do this is unacceptable. Do you see this? Never let this happen to you. And like using me as the example of like, this is what failure looks like. And she went and hung it on the fridge and I went downstairs and I got in the shower and I stayed in the shower. I remember the water got cold and I still didn't want to come out of there because I wasn't done like bawling my fucking eyes. out. (laughs) God. (laughs) I can recall that pain. God, that, oh, of like total and utter humiliation and rejection and like, like nothing I had ever done was worth a single fucking thing. And all of it had been obliterated when I gave into this stupid fucking body that got sick for three weeks. I was so mad. At myself and my body, and just like hostile towards myself. And I, you know, like in my little, little brain, that this is what I figured out. I fixed it, I got caught up. I sacrificed sleep. I stayed up late. I read all weekend. I did my homework. I remember like doing a whole weekend of like four, like all of these different assignments, like multiple days or even a week's worth of assignments, like in a weekend, like I fixed it. I got caught up because like, this is only the quarterly report card. Like this isn't the, the end of the thing. Like I can fix this. And I did. And I made myself fix it and it never happened again. And the rest of my entire school career, the only other time I didn't get an A was another teacher. I should check out the transits. It was in 10th grade and he gave me a B because I had, gosh, dang it. What was it? I'm pretty sure it was an 89.7. It was an 89.7 and he wouldn't round it. He wouldn't round it to a 90. He said, why would I give you something you didn't earn? And I said, I, I understand. And I took my B. And because of that, this is all very interesting that these are all stories that are coming out <clears throat> around, I'm not a robot, like forgiving myself for all of these things all in one go. Um, the That B, that B, it made my high school GPA a 3.91 instead of a 4.0, which made me number 11 in our class. And we had a hundred and I think it was like 106, 107 people in our class. And so, once again, the top 10%, it's like it's in that realm of like truly 10% of our class is 10.6 people and i was the 11th person and so do you include me as a member of the top 10% or not because there's not room for one whole person there's only room for 0.6 of a person and they did not they opted to not they opted to say that no the top 10% will be the top 10 people because that's you know we we that's what we're going with and that's what they decided and so i got left out of that and the the reason for that was that b That like, if I, if I had kept my 4.0, it would have been a tie for like all of us, you know, all the 4.0s would have been the same. Um, There would have been no way to differentiate, but because of that, that 89.7, I didn't earn it. I didn't earn a 4.0. I earned a 3.91. And you better believe that I cried about that one too. (laughs) Just like the little girl in the shower. I had a moment about that one too. And that one was that one was awesome because that really disillusioned me. I was like all that I did all that and it was like basically like you don't even get to be part of top 10% just because we're going to choose not to round it like this. Like really really I did all that effort and this is what I get. Hmm. Am I going to do that same amount of effort to get a 4.0 in college? Fucking no. You better believe no. I skipped classes. I got pretty much straight Bs (laughs) because that's what I could get with basically not trying. So yeah, like I just kind of skated. From there on out, it was a very powerful moment of disillusionment for them to leave me out of the top 10%. And I want to just take a second and recognize and acknowledge how privileged this entire story is that I had a mom who would care and pay attention and basically be a live in tutor to me to make sure that I got straight A's all those times. Like, she was the mom that's like quizzing me on my spelling words in kindergarten in first grade, like she's sitting there at nighttime, like quizzing me until I can spell all of them perfectly, repetitively, not on a fluke, not like she guessed and got it right. But like, do you know how to spell these words? And she would sit there with me until I was done learning them. And then I was done learning them and then I could go on. And then the next week I'd have a new list of spelling words and we'd learn those ones. And so this was my mom. And so that was her through, I mean, clear through this entire experience. And then I bring home a D and she took it as her report card (laughs) and she freaked the fuck out about that D and she took it out on all of us. I would, I would be so curious, like if my brothers even remember that this happened, like, right. If I was in fifth grade, they would have been in fourth grade second grade and first grade. So like, I don't know if they would even be able to tell you like that they remember this happening, but it is seared in my mind. And in that moment, I decided that like, you've got to do better than this. Like you've, you need to do better than this. Like you really dropped the ball here. Like that was my takeaway. And all of that pointed directly at myself. Like I if it was if it was possible, I became even more serious about my schoolwork after that. Um, as far as like being proactive and staying on top of things and keeping it caught up because you never know when something's going to come up last minute that you're not going to be able to like finish the work and then you're going to get a bad grade. Like this was again, like I'm like nine or 10 years old and this is the level of stress that I had in my mind. Um, It's no wonder I started like mentally cracking up like sophomore year of high school. Like, those were the first, that was the first time I tried the antidepressants. And I didn't stay on them for very long because of the side effects. But that was the first time that my mom took me, and that was the doctor's idea was like, I think. Like, wow, like, why don't you just like not do all of that? And I'm like, I can't, I have to, I have to do all of this. And I had myself so wound up that it was, it was starting to fall apart. Like there, there were cracks showing then that, okay, so I must not be a robot because I I really truly can't handle this. But every time I couldn't handle it, my solution was like, you just need to try harder. You just, you just need to try more because clearly you're not doing it right. And if you would just do it right and try harder, if you would just work harder, then this would all be solved. And that whole like try harder, work harder mindset, I am still, I am still at almost 35. I'm still trying to get that out of my system That still is my default a lot of times to just like buckle down and try harder and push harder and over and over and over again, life humbles me and disabuses me of my illusory notion of that being the way, you know, it, it shows us again and again and again that when you invest your effort in things that society tells you are important, and then you get there and the carrot gets yanked away kind of thing, that is an awesome moment. Like getting left off the top 10% was like the best thing that could have happened to me because I guarantee you if I had, if I had made it, if they had decided to like, yep, yep put her on the top 10%. Like all you got was a a special thing, a special like ribbon or something to wear on your grad dress. Like when we graduated, like that was the deal. And they took a picture and I didn't, I wasn't in on it. I was left out. I didn't get the ribbon. I walked at graduation. I didn't have the ribbon and you know what? I survived. (laughs) And so I think if I had worn that ribbon at graduation, I would have been a completely different person going into college. I would have wanted the ribbon at college too. I would have kept doing it. I It would have been a completely different experience because I skipped classes all the time. I cut studying for tests all the time because yeah, I got it. Like the gist of it. I mean, I only need a C to get a B in the class anyway. So whatever. Like I just like, that was as, as well as it needed to be. And that attitude let me have so much more fun. Let me tell you, most of the classes I skipped were because they were eight thirties and I was hungover. So I'm not going. And you know why I'm hungover? Because I went out with friends last night and I had an experience. How about that? Like, I didn't take college so seriously that I couldn't enjoy it. I still took it pretty seriously. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm still me. I'm still over here thinking I'm a robot, but even the robot had time to have fun because we only need bees and that opens up all this time. And so, yeah, this was, um, very revealing as far as like my true perfectionistic nature and the many ways that it can manifest itself. But in all of this, in all of this, the takeaway that I take forward is that I'm not a robot. You know, I am a human being. I have needs. I have varying levels of energy. I have, all kinds of inputs that when given to me in the proper amounts allow me to run at my best. And when aren't given to me, my outputs start to look really funky. Like I am not a machine. I am a complex, organic carbon based creature. And Expecting myself to perform at some arbitrary, externally imposed level isn't who I am anymore. I feel myself more and more and more year after year relaxing into being who I am and showing up in the world as the being that I am and responding to whatever it is that is happening in my experience and allowing that response to be this blank canvas of that's really where we get to create who we are is in how we choose to respond. It's not in the grades on the report card. It's not in the special ribbon that you wore at graduation. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I'm sorry if that was you too. (laughs) Oh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Um, I'm laughing at myself because I am not a robot. And something got into my programming really early in those first 10 years that taught me that it was not okay to be human. Being human made you less than. And if you want to measure up, you need to transcend that shit immediately. You need to transcend your neediness This human neediness bullshit is not going to fly around here. And I've carried that for 25 years. That's okay. It shaped me. And I'm seeing like a tree where like there's a fence post or something or like barbed wire or something. And like, you know, like the tree can't do anything about that thing being there, but the tree can grow around it and the tree can grow in a different shape to like adjust to what is standing in its way. And it's almost kind of like bonsai, I think, like I know almost nothing about bonsai, but I know they have these little like coils where they can shape and train the tree to like grow in certain ways. And that Like the pruning and everything that they do is to get it to grow in a certain way. And I see this experience with my mom and that sickness and the Wizard of Oz and my fifth grade teacher and all of the pieces that brought all of that together. I see that being this, this, you know, beautiful coil that was placed around me that caused me to grow in a certain way, in a certain shape, in a certain direction. So that today I can take that coil off and then I can be this shape. And for whatever journey I'm walking going forward, I needed to be this shape. So it's not about, I wish that, you know, that experience with the report card had never happened. I'm glad it did because it made me who I am today. It caused me to inflict a level of pain, stress, and discomfort on myself that I I mean I wouldn't think was humanly possible and that's where I got the concept that I'm a robot. I must not be human because you probably couldn't treat a human like this. You couldn't deprive them of all of these things and expect that they're gonna still continue to perform. but I did. I performed like a robot. I tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried, and tried, and tried to try to try to try and the stamina I had was ridiculous. And now and now, I am so freaking grateful. I am so beyond grateful. Like my heart feels like it's expanding in this moment to hold the amount of gratitude and appreciation that I feel for that experience with the report card because it put that coil on me and it forced me to show myself what I am truly capable of when I dig deep and I believe that I need to do something. The amount of try that I have access to, is insane. It is deep. It is limitless. I will literally kill my body trying to do the thing that I set my mind on that I believe I need to do. And so here's the, here's the beauty in that. Now I know I'm capable. And now again, I get to be the being that I am in my world. I get to show up in whatever experience I'm in and I get to respond to whatever is going on in my experience and what i find is that as my as my soul heals as my perspective shifts and expands and zooms out and sees this broader view yes i see you know there's all these things that i want to do in this world and the truly important ones I'm able to bring this same level of devotion and commitment to this really important thing that I am choosing because I know I'm capable. I I mean at this point I fully believe that like when I set my mind on something it's now just a matter of human physical time before it's going to be created because I'll just I'll just do it I'll just make it happen. And the only reason I know that I can say that and mean it and be confident in making that claim is because of how that coil, that report card experience wrapped around my soul and put me into all of these different situations where I transcended my quote unquote human weakness And I pulled from something deeper than what my human capacity was capable of. I did it for very misguided reasons. I did it to get the marks on the chart and get approval from other people. But like that incentive got me to show myself what I was truly capable of. And now I'm out of that experience and I'm no longer trying to win the approval of other people. So I'm not dancing like the monkey should dance, like in that way, I'm not trying to earn it from them. But that doesn't mean that I can't apply this same kind of deep pulling from the depths of something beyond my human capacity. Like I can apply that to bigger things that I decide that I want to create. like a greater level of healthy food ac- healthy food access for more people in this world. I believe in that. I spend my time, my work time, I devote my work to making my money by raising the level of food access in this country. That's something that's important to me. It's valuable. It's meaningful. It's literally improving the quality of life of countless people like I tried to add it up and already I mean I've touched like over 50,000 lives just by the projects that I've like already worked on and like granting greater access to healthy food in their area like raising the opportunity in those people's lives for them to have access to this like to bring that same level of try, to bring that same level of like hard headed perse- perseverance, overcoming. Because in order to get stuff done, it's just a series of overcoming the obstacles that stand in the way, period. It's like no path is ever easy. Anybody who's ever gotten anything done knows that like it's not because all the obstacles suddenly like fell over dead, it's because you got around this one. And then you figured out how to climb over this one. And then you found a secret tunnel that went underneath this one where you didn't even need to face it. You just climbed underneath like all one at a time. You just meet the obstacle, meet the obstacle, meet the obstacle, do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work. And eventually you get there. That's all it is to get anything done in the physical world. And so that report card experience, that coil around my soul taught me that. And today I take that, t- that coil off and I recognize that I am not a robot. I am a living creature. And yes, I do have access to this well of something that transcends my humanness. But I have a relationship now with my humanness where I also understand that like, what's in that well can't actually physically sustain my human vessel at this time yet. I think we're headed there, but that's like an episode for another day. I have to feed it food. I have to put water in. I have to put in oxygen. I need sleep. Um, There's all of these physical things that the body needs that have nothing to do with what's in that well. And so it's like drinking coffee when you're tired. Like, yeah, you might feel like you wake back up, but like your body didn't actually get the rest that it needed in order to give you the energy that you were looking for. And so that can be like what I'm in my relationship with it now. It's like that has to come in bursts, like little bursts of here for this little bit of time, push, Push hard and get where you want to go, and then be ready to really, really relax and take it easy and take some time and rebuild and rejuvenate and repair and re-energize all what you just spent. It's like you you emptied the whole savings account in that big push, and now you you're broke. And you got to like build the savings account back up. So if you want to push again, you have some resources to do it with. And so I have a relationship now where it's like, sometimes I live on land in my human form. And sometimes I swim deep into the part of me that's beyond my humanness. And I know how to access that because I've had to, because I wanted to get there bad enough. So I found a way. And what it unlocked inside of me was this, was this well of, if you want it, you can create it. You just have to do the work and you have to show up and you have to face the fears and you have to face every other obstacle that wants to stand in your way. And it was in that ability to persevere, 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 persevere that I got the misconclusion, mis the misinterpretation that I'm a robot. I must be a robot. <laughs> but again, today I fully take that off. I'm not a robot. I'm a human I have needs. I have many needs. I'm an incredibly needy individual and I own that fully because I meet those needs mostly for myself. Almost all of them. Some of the needs require other people and those people are in my life. And those needs are usually the ones that aren't as critically important that they be met every single day. The ones that I need every single day are 100% my responsibility. So I see no reason to be ashamed or feel bad that I'm a needy individual or that anybody would ever identify as being a needy individual. I think that word has been kind of co-opted by the selfish ones. We tend to be called needy when we're trying to take care of ourselves instead of being open and available to take care of someone else in their needs. Um, And so... Yeah, like I think there's like this whole package of realizations that is so beautiful to get to run through my system like this. So I can really sink even deeper into this realization that I am not a robot. I am a human. I am a human. I am not a robot. Thank you so much for listening. It has been my pleasure to spend this time with you. Until next time, dear friend, I do hope that you will take such good care of your human self, and so will I.